This is Off the Bench. Here's Stephen Simcox and Garrett Ross. Good Monday morning, Off the Bench. I'm Stephen Simcox. Garrett Ross is here with me. Taking until noon today, and then we'll pass it over to UNR. And should be a good show. A lot to react to. Baylor football and basketball in action. Well, men's basketball we were hoping would be in action. And we find out Saturday morning, I'm cleaning my house, getting ready for, you know, the day. Mm -hmm. And I'm about ready to sit down and start tuning in to, you know, game day and then flip over to Gonzaga and Baylor. And I get a text from Garrett. And I think actually I might have seen him on Facebook first from you that the game got called off. Right. So just unfortunate. Makes sense. I mean, Zaga had a couple positive tests. It's a non-conference game. You don't want to get anybody hurt. But this was, I mean, this was people around the nation were going to sit down and watch this thing. It was a great chance for the team to get a huge win and help the brand, help build on what they uh, had established with that win over Illinois, and it just sort of the rug just gets pulled from under you right before the game. Yeah, it was really crazy. I think the timing of of how it was like you're an hour, almost an hour out mm-hmm. or about an hour out when they the decision finally comes down. And my initial thought was, you know, doing what we do on this end was CBS scrambling, and I'm sure they had. So I didn't even notice what they put on. Did you? My mom texted me that they were interviewing Coach Drew and Coach Few at noon and then i don't know what they pivoted to after that okay so they had coaches interviews yeah they had coaches interviews but no that's a good point because <laughs> i mean here like we it was unfortunate for us we we're gonna have a lot of people listening to the game but we can just go to national programming because right. that's what we would do on the weekend if there wasn't a game anyway but yeah cbs i mean they got a two-hour window now that's totally blocked out uh on a busy college football saturday and they got to find out what what they're going to move to next but yeah my understanding was they did some coaches interviews and if you know, 254-662-1660, I'm not sure what they went to after that. But, yeah, that game gets canceled. Uh, the Lady Bears fall to Arkansas last night. Pretty interesting matchup. Um, they're on the road. It's part of the Big 12 SEC Challenge. Arkansas is a good team, and they have some really good guard play, as you saw yesterday evening. Um, Lady Bears just got caught in foul trouble, and they're still we'll, – we'll talk about more at 1130 today, but they're still just struggling – to score from the outside. And that's been, I think, the biggest issue or the most glaring issue so far. So they're 2-1 and one on the year, and both the men and women will get back in action. The men tomorrow against Nickel State and the Lady Bears on Thursday against West Virginia. Um, but they have to bounce back quickly, Garrett, because they got a conference game coming up this week. Yeah, and I mean, the road factor, and I was talking with J-Bo about this, is it, it's – it's difficult anytime you go on a road swing, but I think now with all the added elements that you're having to do, testing and stuff, that's kind of got to wear on you, and, and, and you can't really use that as an excuse. It's something that everybody's going to have to deal with, but it's definitely not going to be any easier as you continue that road stretch this week and have to go up to West Virginia, who's undefeated in conference play. It's going to be a big challenge. Also in that game, uh, Arkansas shot 39 free throws as opposed to Baylor's 18. And credit Arkansas for getting to the Ram and sort of forcing the issue. But that happens sometimes when you're on the road. You just get in a game where there's a pretty big disparity. And that was, I mean, Kim Mulkey said after the game, that was like the biggest difference in the game. That was the difference in the game. Was they were able to score a lot from the charity stripe and Baylor turned the ball over and just couldn't really get in a rhythm offensively. Queen Egbo has to leave with early foul trouble. So they'll be fine. But, you know, you find yourself in a dogfight with South Florida – 
and then a loss to Arkansas. They could use a, a get-right game against West Virginia. And West Virginia's a solid program, good team. But I, I imagine they're going to come out with a lot of motivation on Thursday night. Uh, you're going to have to. And, and I, I imagine practice this week is probably going to be a bit harsh early on. Uh, but, you know, it's just one of those things you got to adapt. As far as fouls go, when you kind of see the situation unfolding, you kind of – after you get into the game and the rhythm starts to pick up, you kind of get a feel to what the refs are going to call. And you got to be able to adjust your game to that that style and, mm-hmm. and not put yourself in those situations. But hopefully that's something that they can learn from and build on going forward. And anytime you turn the ball over 22 times, that's not a recipe to win. On the football front, uh, in the NFL today, you got a couple games. One of them pretty important for the Cowboys. Uh, I guess vague NFC East hopes and – that's the Washington football team versus the Steelers today. Um, and then tonight you have the Bills and the 49ers. Cowboys play tomorrow, and that should be a fun one uh, against the Ravens. Looks like Baltimore is going to be full strength, Garrett. Um, so we'll get into that later today. And the New York Giants, they go on the road to Seattle. Mm-hmm. Colt McCoy is their quarterback. They're playing a Seahawks team that has been great offensively all year long. And they just absolutely smother Russell Wilson and company and win that game. They're suddenly 5-2 and two in their last seven, and they've sort of taken it. Now, uh, Washington has a chance to respond today. Right. The Cowboys will have a chance to respond tomorrow. But you've seen this Giants team start to take control of this division. I, I still don't think they're very good. But again, five and two in their last seven—that's a pretty good record—and they seem to be peaking a little bit as we go through the year. I would say five and two for an NFC East team in any stretch seems almost elite. Pop the champagne, know? yeah. But I—I I was trying to figure out which game was going to come on uh, as far as a three thirty matchup, and I saw it was going to be the Giants and the Seahawks. And I'm like, well, I don't really have much interest in this game. New York's going to go out there with Colt McCoy and get smoked, so I didn't watch it, and then. Uh, later on, I look and I'm like, "What the heck? Why? Did, how did the hell did they do this? How did they mm-hmm. come and beat you know Seattle in Seattle?" But hats off to the Giants for stepping up and getting that signature win because I'm pretty sure as we all looked at the remainder of their schedule, doing comparisons for the NFC East, especially with the Cowboys, we we all looked at that and just checked it as a loss for the Giants. And you kept waiting for that to happen. Somebody was going to have to do it to finally get a foothold in mm-hmm. that division. Somebody was going to have to win a game they shouldn't. Um, against a non-division opponent. The Cowboys sort of did that against Minnesota, but immediately fell on their face yeah. on Thanksgiving Day. The Giants get it done against Seattle, and again, they're they're playing pretty well at the moment. Uh, somebody chimed on the text line, and you can chime in anytime, 254-662-1660. You can also call us at that same number, 254-662-1660. We were asking, since that Baylor-Gonzaga game got canceled late, what did CBS do? And apparently they uh, replayed the 2019 National Championship game between Texas Tech and Virginia, which was a good game. Yeah. Went to overtime. Virginia ends up prevailing. But thank you uh, to that texter for giving us that information and putting that out there. So, yeah, Cowboys tomorrow against Baltimore. Lamar Jackson appears to be back. Most of the Baltimore team will be back after that COVID-19 outbreak. And they'll match up on Fox at 7 o'clock on Tuesday night. And college football-wise, you know, Garrett, uh, Baylor had some chances against Oklahoma on Saturday. The defense played really, really well. Jalen Petrie was fantastic. Yep. It was a 3 nothing game for pretty much the majority of the first half. Had some opportunities to either tie or take the lead with John Mayers. He just couldn't push the ball far enough to get through the uprights. Uh, and then eventually Oklahoma pulled away. Baylor couldn't really run the ball. 
But if there's an encouraging sort of foundational thing that's come out of the season, it's that this Baylor defense is really good, and they've continued to get better. And I know Oklahoma had a weird week and wasn't at full strength, and Lincoln Riley said after the game, their offensive coaches didn't really get a chance to coach them. But still, they have dudes out there, and the Baylor defense was able to shut them down for the most part. When you look at Baylor's offense, though, I mean, they had a lot of young players out there too so I, i'm not really consider i'm not really mm-hmm. taking that into too much consideration as far as it playing into this game but uh, for me I, I feel like the the momentum swing for oklahoma was there at the end of the second half when i honestly was looking at the clock and I'm like well they're just going to take this in you know we're going to go to halftime and regroup and that wasn't the case they, they had a quick play and they were able to get a touchdown in there and i kind of feel like that was what spun the game in in they're tied as, as far from a momentum standpoint. But, yeah, Baylor's defense, they, they looked great all, all game. They had Spencer Rattler. I mean, they were all over him. and mm-hmm. But it was it was really fun to watch them. It was. And, yeah, Baylor's offense looked like maybe they had found something against Kansas State, uh, but just couldn't really do much against Oklahoma. Could not run the football at all. And I think that was, you know, the biggest issue and, and failure on Saturday. So, Coach Rain is going to talk a couple times today. We'll get to hear from him. Uh, maybe we'll get some updates on guys like Quaylen Jones, see mm-hmm. if they'll be in the lineup. But Baylor, one more game on the schedule at home against Oklahoma State this week. And, you know, that's an interesting one. Oklahoma State struggling a little bit right now. Barely beat Texas Tech on the road, lost to TCU on the road. This is their third straight road game, kind of a weird scheduling um, snafu. I know part of that is because they rescheduled this one with Baylor. I think there might be an opportunity there. We'll get into it more as the week goes on, but the way this Oklahoma State offense is struggling, uh, maybe Baylor can can get something going at home on, you know, essentially what is senior mm-hmm. day, even though I know they celebrated that against K-State. Yeah, I mean, they got a really good opportunity, and I know Chuba Hubbard is out for this game. That's obviously a factor, but when you look at as far as momentum, Baylor seems like they're on an uptick, finding themselves, especially on the defensive end, while Oklahoma State's kind of unraveling. I just saw this come across on Twitter. Did you see how the Jets-Raiders game ended yesterday? I did. Okay, so if you missed it, Raiders-Jets. Jets are in position to win their first game of the year. There's about 10 seconds left on the clock, mm-hmm. and they have the lead, and the Raiders are at the 50-yard line. Now, the Raiders maybe could have thrown the ball – 10, 15 yards down the field, gotten out of bounds and had time for one more play. But this is basically the game. It's third and 10. Jets are up 28-24. Raiders have to get in the end zone, mm-hmm. or at least close to the end zone, and get out of bounds to have one more play and one more shot. The Jets bring an all-out blitz on what's basically a Hail Mary situation and leave Henry Ruggs, rookie Henry Ruggs, in one-on-one coverage on the outside and he just blows past the DB on a double move, and Carr hits him for a touchdown, and they win the game with five seconds left. So Adam Gase afterwards, Jets are now 0-12. Right. And their fan base was actually pretty happy because it keeps them in the running for Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> and, I mean, what, like, okay, I guess if, you, if, you're a fan, if you're a fan that just wants to avoid going 0-16, then maybe you're rooting for that. But that's about all you're getting out of a victory against the Raiders. It's going to be more of the same when you get him, though. It's going to be a new quarterback and the same results. Well, and there was speculation yesterday that they did this on purpose. And my thought is... No. Like, Adam Gase is gone at the end of the year. I I don't see any way they retain Adam Gase. So, what's his benefit in losing? I mean, 
even if they win their last five games or four games, he's probably gone. So, I mean, as a competitor, he's just trying to win a game, keep his team engaged, maybe put a resume together for his next job. It it was just bizarre. You You'll see sometimes, I remember last year, the Cowboys were in a similar situation against the Saints. And the Saints brought a blitz, but they only brought one guy. It was mm-hmm. one free rusher. And it was smart because the Cowboys weren't expecting it, and it flushed Dak out of the pocket, and he couldn't throw the ball down the field. But you only brought one player. So if he didn't get home, you still had people on the back end. Yeah. This was like all-out jailbreak blitz and no help over the top. It was It was one of the most confusing coaching decisions I've ever seen. Yeah, I don't understand what makes you and i mean i understand that, that he's he's a aggressive defensive coordinator but at the same time you've got to have some help on the back end especially when you got a rookie out there trying to cover rugs that's not mm-hmm. that's, that's not a recipe for success so that call has cost uh greg williams his job apparently <laughs> i don't doubt it and we'll we'll monitor that situation as it continues to unfold but coming up next let's talk baylor football let's break down that oklahoma game more in depth and i want to hear your thoughts two five four six six two sixteen sixty does this Baylor defense give you hope for the Dave Aranda era moving forward? We'll discuss that next. This is ESPN Central Texas. This weather update is brought to you by the Nitsche Group. Since 1949, Texans have secured their insurance needs through the Nitsche Group. Learn more at thenitschegroup.com. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm meteorologist Emily Kay. Temperatures will start out in the upper 30s and lower 40s today. Highs will only be in the lower to mid 60s across Central Texas in the afternoon. Skies will be mostly sunny throughout the day. Tonight, temperatures will drop down into the upper 30s once again with mostly clear skies. Tomorrow will be slightly warmer with highs in the lower 70s and mostly sunny skies. The warmer weather will stick around until the end of the work week. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 539 for your forecast first. Plus, check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. Recently on Game Time. How can NBC say we're going to put off the lighting of the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree and Dolly Parton and, and all of her friends that are going to sing? <laughs> we're we're going we're gonna to put that... We're not going to put that off because it doesn't get the numbers that a Pittsburgh-Baltimore football game would get. However, Fox is telling you it's the most viewed television program period of the year. Yeah, well, (laughs) but you'd have to ask Dolly's friends. (laughs) This is Game Time on ESPN Central Texas. And now, a moment of chill from Coors Light. light mountain cold refreshment made to chill after the short but cold beer run from hot tub to cabin 2020 course brewing company golden colorado celebrate responsibly walk-ons athletes put everything they've got into the game walk-on sports bistro puts everything we've got into bringing you a game day with a taste of louisiana catch all your teams on over 70 big screen tvs dig into our mouth-watering louisiana cuisine like po'boys gumbo and voodoo shrimp plus fan favorites like juicy burgers and fresh salads it's all made from scratch with ingredients you can't help but crave walk-on sports bistro we live for this 
Myatt Fuels should be your first and local choice for high-quality fuel and lubricant. They are Central Texas-owned and operated independent distribution and bulk delivery company. You call, they haul. They deliver on-road diesel, off-road, farm diesel, gasoline, and non-ethanol gasoline. Known for the great pricing and quickest delivery. Call Nick, the owner, for all your gasoline delivery needs at 675-8107. That's Myatt Fuels. Call Nick at 675-8107. Or look for Myatt Fuels on Facebook. My part-time service in the Army National Guard makes it possible for me to be more for the community I call home. My training helps me at work when I lead by example. The Army National Guard has taught me the value of showing respect to those I come in contact with each day. My service also allows me to be there for my community in ways others can't. I help my hometown recover after nature strikes. My service in the Army National Guard allows me to keep my country and those I care about safe from threats. I also work with a network of professionals that help me succeed and accomplish the mission. Plus, the Army National Guard education benefits make getting a higher education a reality. Being an Army National Guard soldier makes living and serving in my community more rewarding every day. Learn how you too can live and serve part-time close to home by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Texas Army National Guard. Aired by the Texas Association of Broadcasters and this station. Just call Beat Services when electricity is on your list. Call Beat Services, your need is our priority. Call Beat Services at 254-292-8908. Your need is our priority. 292-8908. Your need is our priority. I'm okay. Yeah, welcome back to ESPN Central Texas. Behind the scenes, so we uh, we're we're trying our best to stay with COVID protocols, like everyone else. Correct. So one of the things is when we're inside the building, we try to wear a mask. Now, it's sort of hard to wear a mask and talking to a microphone. Very difficult. I also sort of have this feeling that. I mean, like, I, I'm i keeping my distance from Garrett, but I also see Garrett every single day, mm-hmm. and we talk in the same room, so we're kind of just exposed. Pretty naturally. much, yeah. But somebody else came in the studio during the break, so I put the mask on out of respect and trying to, you know, stop the spread. And then when we came back from break, I still had it on, <laughs> and I was trying to get it off, and it took it took me a minute to get it off my head. I mean, they're they're gloved up and everything. They're they're going to extra limits. Yeah, they're we are uh, we're taking it very seriously here, <laughs> as you know, as we should, and as I hope everyone is. Um, but that's why it took me 15 seconds there to, to talk on the mic and hear a little <laughs> bit more of the music instrumental than you normally would uh, during the day. So Stephen Simcox and Garrett Ross, it's off the bench. Garrett, let's talk Baylor. They fall to Oklahoma on Saturday. Final score was uh, 27 to 14. Um, had their chances in this one. And it, I think, you know, the biggest thing that stood out to me, just totally ineffective in the run game. And there were some reasons for that. One, OU's pretty good at stopping the run. That defense has improved under Alex Grinch. Uh, two, you're just decimated at that running back position by injuries right now. Um, Quaylen Jones did not play. 
Jonah White got in the game, but mm-hmm. then he got a little banged up. Tay McWilliams got one carry. They Ebner started the game, and he gets hurt in the first or second quarter. So he goes out. Lovett's still out. You, you just don't have many guys. Nope. So what that ended up meaning was Charlie Brewer threw the ball 56 times, which is not a recipe for success. Um, and they were able to move the ball, but could not – do much when they got into Oklahoma State, Oklahoma Territory, and had that three nothing lead early, and it just felt like all the momentum was on their side. They kept getting big stop after big stop on defense. Couldn't find a way to score. Turned the ball over a couple times. Had a turnover on downs, and eventually OU pulls away. But the positive side, this defense has steadily improved, and I think when Terrell Bernard went out, that was obviously a mm-hmm. big hit. But that was maybe the best game they played all year, right? I mean, Jalen Petrie was he's phenomenal, incredible, yeah, and he's turned into a heck of a football player. So, two five four six six two sixteen sixty. If you want to chime in, does the defense being so solid and so good really throughout the year? You had your lapses here and there. Would have loved if they could have closed out against Texas Tech and won that game. K-State, they win that game. You felt like they could have played a little better, but still, they they did enough to win that football game and got a big stop when they needed to and have gone toe-to-toe with Iowa State and Oklahoma pretty well. Does that give you a lot of hope for the Dave Aranda era? Because that's his, I mean, that's his specialty, Garrett. Oh, yeah. And him and Ron Roberts seem to have figured this out. Now, offensively, you got a lot to fix. But does the defense being solid and so good does that give you a lot of hope for the future of this team and and for Dave moving forward because at least the thing that he came in with a reputation for they seem to be excelling at late in the year yeah I would say it does for me I mean they 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 look really good on defense and like you said they're only getting better now they've got to do something offensively to to get them some help because there's there's been a few games that you know I think they honestly could have won their defense has put them in position to win it's just the, the ineffectiveness of the offense to, to get in the end zone. And it, it, I, I think they're going to be fine. It, it, if they mm-hmm. can just – now, do you does that mean – do you consider moving away from Fedora? Do you give him more time? How does that play out? But as far as from a defensive standpoint, yeah, I'd say the future's bright. Yeah, the offensive play calling is interesting, and you can chime on that as well. What are kind of your thoughts on Larry Fedora, 254-662-1660? I know what we were told was that – him and Charlie Brewer should be a good marriage that what they were going to run was very similar to what Charlie was running in high school. Well, that hasn't clicked no, for whatever reason. And one thing that someone brought up last night, and we've talked about it before and Garrett, I want to get your thoughts on it. Cause I know you, you cover recruiting more closely than I do. What has been the, and this was, this was not, I'm not putting this on Dave Rand. I think this is more of a Matt rule thing. What was the sort of disconnect or failure as far as recruiting and developing offensive linemen? Because as many good things as Matt Rule did, that was the one area where you could point to and say they never figured that out. I, you know, I, I don't know what, the, what it is. Because, I, I mean, they're going after talented players. It's just they're not. And this goes back to what we've been talking about with a lot with Texas and losing out on recruits. They're just not able to lock down those dominant guys they'll, they'll have mm-hmm. interest early on and then they'll go to another school and commit but the guys they're bringing in it, it's 
th- it's taken a long time to get them developed, and they're just not able to to have the success that you need to win. Well, and Joe Wickline's a very experienced line coach, so maybe that's where some improvement happens because he can start getting his guys mm-hmm. in there and developing like 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 he wants. You know, George DeLeon had an injury and then became a, an analyst, and Sean Bell was sort of thrown into that yeah. line coaching role um, immediately. But they've they've had multiple guys. You know, it looks like when Connor Galvin was in the lineup last year, he really seemed to stabilize things. And I know this season they've had to mix and match a lot because of COVID-19 and injuries. But Jake Burton was supposed to solve a lot of the problems, and that hasn't really come to pass. And part of their issues running the football right now are simply they don't have available running backs. But it's been a problem all year long. It, it's con- Until they figure out... Like, I agree with everyone. I think Charlie has, has definitely struggled at times. Mm-hmm. Um, Larry Fedora, you know, the the bottom line is they're not scoring enough. And I feel like the play calling is sort of disjointed. It doesn't seem like they really ever establish what they want to do offensively, like mm-hmm. their identity. And maybe it is. They just want to run the football and they can't do it right now. But if you can't figure out what – works up front then everything else is going to suffer and that's the one area where you've where you see them like out of i wouldn't say necessarily desperation but that's the one area where they've kind of gone for juco guys to come in as a Mm band-aid to to use that experience yeah and it's just even with that it's it's not helping and maybe it's I don't know if it's a de- developmental standpoint but I, I just don't think you're getting the right guys in there at those positions in general to even develop and until you get, I mean, you can you can bring in a JUCO guy or a grad transfer to help and make an immediate impact. That's not a bad thing. What we're saying is, until you start hitting on some of these players that you're going to have for three or four years mm-hmm. and turn them into quality starters, it's going to be a real uphill battle um, offensively. Because you look at the great teams in college football and really across sports, they're always doing it up front, and they just they still can't really block. Uh, and that's that's a big issue. So we'll we'll see where that goes moving forward. Um, Joel and Chilton said, "Look at what Jimbo's done at A and M. It took three years, but now he has one of the most dominating lines in college football. Granted, they're almost all upperclassmen, but it takes two or three years to develop a good group. Yeah, that's another thing. You, I mean, you very rarely see freshmen, O linemen, come in and and start and play well. I mean, it, that is a position group that you have to develop over time, and they just haven't, um." been able to do it and a 254 number was not happy with the play calling said i don't know what you saw but it seemed like oh you knew what was coming all night long running a lot of screens and safe passes yeah i agree with that uh and i think again a lot of that stems from if you can't block up front and you can't run the football then what you have to resort to is a bunch of stuff in the quick passing game mm-hmm. because you're trying you're, you're trying to get some forward progress and keep that defensive line from just teeing off on you and, and that was not effective uh, on Saturday night. We have Jeff on hold. Okay. Hey, Jeff, uh, thanks for calling in. You're on the Walk-On Sports Bistro listener line. What's on your mind? Hey, uh, what happened to uh, Lovett this time? So he's been out what for – play? Yeah, he's been out for a couple weeks. Uh, initially it was with a concussion, and he's, he still hasn't gotten back in the lineup. But that's why he was out, and we'll hopefully get an update – Aranda speaks at 11 today, so we might get an update on Lovett then. But Lovett had a concussion. Ebner um, got injured in the second quarter when he got twisted backwards, and Quaylen Jones has been dealing with a 
with an injury as well. So they're pretty banged up at that running back position. And that uh, Craig Williams, how long is he going to be out? I guess the rest of the season? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, he's done for the year. Um, he, Him and Bernard got hurt in that Iowa State game. Wait, they're, he they're messed his knee up, didn't it? Yeah, ACL yeah. And MCL. ACL and MCL. That's right, yep. Oh, wow. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, appreciate the call. Appreciate the input. Um, that's that's where we're at on the running back position right now. And that that is a huge effect on, on your whole team when you can't run the football. It is, but as far as the, the A&M comparison, A&M's – they're bringing in guys that are more talented from the start. They recruited a higher level. Yeah, yeah. at a higher level. Absolutely. But, I mean, I, I think what Joel's saying is – It takes time. It takes time. And you have to do that in the SEC West. I mean, mm-hmm. you have to get guys that are highly recruited on both sides of the line to be successful, and, and they've done that pretty effectively. Coming up next, uh, I'd love to keep hearing your feedback. We, we broke down that Baylor-Oklahoma game. Also in the Big 12. Texas took a big swing, and they have a big mess, and now they have a mess to clean up. Urban Meyer has reportedly turned down the horns for their head coaching position. Where do they go from here? We'll break that down next on ESPN Central Texas. Recently on Unnecessary Roughness. So one time I was given some kind of gift that was something that you would use. It was like one of those things that you find on the infomercials mm-hmm. where you put your hand on it, and it's like a button, and it's supposed to be able to... To where you can grab st- it's things like a in claw. a small area. Yeah. yeah. It looked like the thing that was in... You remember Total Recall? <laughs> and, the, and, and when they pulled that thing out of Arnold Schwarzenegger's nose, mm-hmm. that's what it looked like. And I'm like, I'm not gonna... I'm never gonna stick something up my nose. Unnecessary Roughness, Monday through Friday, noon to 3, on ESPN Central Texas. Slovacek Sausage has found a great home in Central Texas, and we're growing with you. We have found so many ways to celebrate all the great things about Texas, football, family, and friends, and so much more. We have all of the barbecue, specialty meats, and over 35 kinds of kolaches to make your next meal or gathering a great success, and we do all the work. If you're on the road, we have the best place for your pooch to stop and scratch with our beautiful dog park. So with the hospitality of Texas and our Czech heritage, the Tom Evos. That means we welcome you. At Slovacek's, you'll love our sausage. Times are different right now, but as things begin to open and you need to get back on the road, make sure your vehicle is ready with Freddie Kish's Complete Car Care Center. With the demand high, supplies could be short soon. So get your car in today and make sure you're ready to hit the road. Our ASC certified technicians will ensure your vehicle is in its best working order in no time. Freddie Kish's Complete Car Care Center, where your troubles are our business. Myatt Fuels should be your first and local choice for high-quality fuel and lubricant. They are Central Texas-owned and operated independent distribution and bulk delivery company. You call, they haul. They deliver on-road diesel, off-road, farm diesel, gasoline, and non-ethanol gasoline. Known for the great pricing and quickest delivery, call Nick, the owner, for all your gasoline delivery needs at 675-8107. That's Myatt Fuels. Call Nick at 675-8107 or look for Myatt Fuels on Facebook. So apparently the hot Christmas gift this year is the mirror. Hi, Jay from Pickup Outfitters here with your Christmas gift-giving guide. You may have seen the mirror on TV ads. It's a mirror that you stand in front of and you look at your mildly overweight self get sweaty. Sounds like fun. And it's only $1,499 for a mirror. 
to watch yourself get sweaty. So just for comparison, here are some gifts you can get from Pickup Outfitters for the truck owner in your family that is less than $1,499. A beautiful, sleek, matte black folding hard bed cover, a spray and bed liner, a grill guard, new leather seats, two grill guards, three toolboxes. I know you only need one, but heck, if you're going to spend $1,500, almost everything we have is less than $1,500 at Pickup Outfitters. And you don't even have to sweat because we install it for you. Check out all our specials at createacommotion.com slash truckfriday. And this Christmas, make the truck owner in your life happy with a gift from Pickup Outfitters of Waco. ESPN Radio Sports Center. Steven Simcox with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update. Need an electrical contractor for new and existing projects in Central Texas? Call BP Services at 254-292-8908. Arkansas handed the Lady Bears their first loss of the season, beating Baylor 83-78 on Sunday. One of the big differences in the game was Arkansas shooting 39 free throws on the night. Baylor only got to the line 18 times. Kim Mulkey on the free throw disparity after the game. Disappointed, but not surprised when you have guards like they have that have been in college and have the experience. Um, you know, they've got seniors, they got grad transfers, they know how to get their body into you. I uh, learned a lot about our team, but I do know this. I've got to coach a little bit better. Some of the ones need to pick it up in the big games. The Baylor men take on Nickel State tomorrow night at 8 o'clock, and the Lady Bears return to the floor Thursday against West Virginia. Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Off the bench, back on ESPN Central Texas. We were talking uh, Baylor in the last segment that lost to Oklahoma on Saturday, and one of the things we got into was the O-line and just how really that's been something that's held Baylor back for a couple of years now, even going back to the Matt Rule era. That was one thing that he couldn't seem to mm-hmm. to figure out. And Joel from Shilton said, I know it was a different era, but Coach Taff always seemed to be able to recruit smaller school, low-star players and develop them into stud offensive linemen. Um, so, yeah, that's another route you can go. You can get three-star guys who, for whatever reason, aren't as highly recruited, maybe don't have the same measurables, and turn them into uh, – a really good unit eventually or develop them into good players. You, you just got to find out whatever's going to work because you have another season where um, you, it just feels like you have a patchwork offensive line. And until you get better up front, now the D line I think has been pretty solid mm-hmm. and they don't get knocked off the ball a whole lot, but offensively, if you can't keep your quarterback upright and can't run the football, it's going to be tough to win games. So they have to find a way to improve that. And they'll have uh, one more chance to do it against Oklahoma State on Saturday. But turning our attention down the road to Austin. So I said during the, I said before we went to break, Texas took a big swing and had a big miss. They were reportedly going after Urban Meyer. It was not a secret. They had met with him. The boosters wanted him. They had been talking to him for weeks or at least gauging his interest. Right. And Chip Brown came out on Sunday and said that a source close to the situation said Urban Meyer has turned them down and said, I don't feel comfortable coaching because of my uh, my health situation and my health concerns. And just about everybody else on that beat now has confirmed this report. So I think it's pretty safe to say that Urban Meyer to Texas rumors are dead now. I want to know, and, and please chime in again, 254-662-1660 is the number. So now you have sort of a lame duck coach in Tom Herman. I mean, you can keep him around, mm-hmm. but 
it's no secret that you wanted to move on from him. Right. You don't really have a backup plan. So where does Texas go from here after what was a pretty public coaching search that failed? I mean, obviously, there's going to be good coaches out there. There's going to be good candidates. But this was supposed to be the guy. This was supposed to be the big fish. And it didn't work. You missed. And now you have a coach who you've sort of publicly shamed. And you have a alumni base that's not happy. Garrett, what do they do next? Man, I at this point, it fi- kind of feels like you're stuck with him for at least another year. But if, y- if you're Herman, if I'm Herman, I'm like, the hell with y'all. I don't even want to be here. Right. Uh, but, man, I, I don't know, honestly. You're going to have to find somebody. And at the same time, does anybody even have any interest? Because essentially you're second fiddle to Urban Meyer. It feels almost identical to the situation when they made the mm-hmm. try to get Saban. You have to settle for strong it's just it's another one of those domino effects that it makes texas look bad it does and this is slightly different because at least with that whole situation mac was out yeah like, at least that was established but now you have this weird tango with herman do we have a, a caller on the line yeah nick's on hold hey nick uh thanks for calling in nick you're on the uh, walk on sports bistro line what's on your mind hey, yeah i just like to make a few comments okay. texas views themselves as like a national brand top mm-hmm. five destination Mm-hmm. An Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame type team. When they're not, they're in the next year down. They're in the Michigan, the USC, the Oregon category. So they're not going to get one of these premier coaches to leave. A few names that I would try to throw out there. I don't know if he would leave Iowa State, but Matt Campbell, yeah. would do, I think, would be really good. You could maybe get Mark Helfrich, who used to be the coach at Oregon, out of there. Mm-hmm. Um uh, Josh Heupel from UCF, or the one that I really think, even though he's from Ohio, is is uh, Luke Fickle from Cincinnati. Yeah. I'll uh, hang up and listen. Yeah, thank you, Nick. And those are all like those are all good football coaches that you named. And I don't want to get on here and bash Urban Meyer. Like Urban Meyer is a fantastic football coach, right. and he won two national championships. And if you did land him, that's a huge get. I mean, I'm not going to argue with that. But Nick ran down guys that are actually in the profession right now. You know what I mean? Like, instead of going after the huge exactly. name that's on television, you could have maybe quietly called Matt Campbell's agent and said, hey, would Matt like to talk with us? Or Luke Fickle, doing a great job at Cincinnati. Josh Heupel, has done a nice job at UCF. Now, that's a program that sort of established itself as one of the premier group of five jobs, but he's maintained a, a winning structure there and got it done. Yes, Texas is. I, I think they do have a... Um, skewed view of who they are. They're not necessarily as good as they want to think they are. But at the same time, Garrett, that's still a premier job. And there are plenty of people that would be interested in it that aren't named Urban Meyer and that you could, you know, kick the tires on without hurting your current situation. Yeah, but they have, and he, I love how he, he broke it down. And, and they are, they're in that next tier of programs, which is not a bad place to be, but they have this false sense of hope. And it, it to me, it's, they're in a situation where they, they can't just bring in one of those coaches. Mm-hmm. They can't bring in a solid football coach and give them time to build a program. they got to have a splash name that is going to make the, the boosters happy for, what, two years until they get tired of him and go on to the next one. But and Billy Napier is a guy that a lot of people would consider, but he came out yesterday and said that he is staying at Louisiana. But there yeah. are coaches out there that you could go get. 
And Napier didn't want the South Carolina job, but maybe he wants the Texas job. I don't know. It's a little bit closer to where he is right now. And here's what you've done, Tom Herman. We saw uh, Quinn Ewers decommit. Yeah. We've seen them lose some guys from 2021. So now when he goes in somebody's house, like, why are they supposed to believe him and come to Austin? They're not going to. If they know that he could be gone in a year or gone in a few months. And you're coming up on the eve of, of the first signing day. So if you're going to do something, you got to make a move. At this point, the, the only way that's going to work is if you go into a kid like Sam Ellinger's house who has just grown up bleeding, burnt orange, and that's where they want to go. You're not going to go and sway a kid's decision to come play for you at the University of Texas. They're going to have to go there just simply to play for the university. Uh, Joel from Chilton thinks Chip Kelly might be a candidate or Steve Sarkeesian. I'm staying away from both those guys. Yeah, I'd stay away from Chip Kelly. You know, Sark is an interesting name. I think he is a good offensive coordinator. I don't know if he's a head coach, um, but he's he has run a program in the past and has sort of figured his life out after you know some some battles that he had at USC. But he's going to be a hot name on the coaching market. Like he's probably going to get a job this offseason. And there's a lot of guys out there. Hell, Alabama's got like five head coaches just as analysts on their team. You go pick one of those guys. I didn't even realize Strong was on their staff until Saturday. But yeah, I mean, you got to get. I just I don't know who's willing to put up with the mess that you got to down there at UT. Do you think Tom Herman's a good coach? I think he's an an average football coach. Average coach. Okay. Yeah. So I, yeah, he's an average football coach. I saw uh, Shahan J. Raja put this out over the weekend. The Texas situation is fascinating. Tom Herman's gone 24-12 and 12 over the past three seasons. That's the best stretch at Texas since 2018 through 2010. Or, excuse me, 2008 through 2010. Now you've been publicly rejected by Urban Meyer, that you've made it tough for him to stay, and you have no clear way to improve. And it sort of goes back to what Nick was talking about. Now, has Tom Herman gotten Texas where they want to go? No. And if they had some embarrassing failures... Yeah, they have. I mean, after the Sugar Bowl, they were supposed to um, be back, mm-hmm. and that didn't happen. This Now this year was supposed to be the year they were in the Big 12 title game. That didn't happen. They're still probably going to finish 7-3, and three, maybe 8-3. and three. They beat a good Utah team in a bowl game. I mean, I just think at a certain point you have to look and say, maybe this guy isn't here yet, but could he get there in a couple seasons? They, they remind me of those Georgia teams under Mark Rick. They're, they're always going to be good but they're going to they're going to come up like second or third place in the conference. Mm-hmm. They're going to go to a bowl game, but they're not meeting the expectations of everybody else. I agree with that, but Rick did that for like 10 years. I know. Herman's only done that for 4. So, I, I do I, I think there's an opportunity. Now, the thing with Tom is, he doesn't do himself any favors cuz he's just not a very likable person. Right. Like Yeah. <laughs> you know, Charlie and, and Jeff Howe actually talked about this when he was on UNR. Charlie Strong, people were ready to move on. But there were actually folks that stood up for him because they thought he was a stand-up dude. They thought he was a, a good guy. The players played hard for him. They liked him. He said nobody is standing up for Tom Herman. There wasn't anybody that was going to the bat or pounding the table for him. Now, maybe it's because Urban Meyer was the dude that was set to replace him, and that's an obvious upgrade. But it's pretty telling that apparently nobody in the athletic department was saying, yeah, we got to keep this guy because he's had some success and he's won some games. Um, nobody was willing to go bat for him. Do we have a, somebody else on hold? Uh, yeah, Chris. Hey, Chris, you're on uh, ESPN Central Texas on the Walk-On Sports Beach Show listener line. What's on your mind? 
Yeah, as far as that Texas job goes, um, the other guy said he compares them to Georgia. No, they're not Georgia. The talent level ain't the same. They have talent in this state, but it's not Georgia talent level. But they are similar, and they they do have talent, but don't um they don't put it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as Herman, I, I think it's just karma. You know, kind of what happened to Strong. You know, they ran him out, um, and then they went and got this guy out of Ohio State. I think they just need to look at maybe some of the smaller schools, not smaller schools, but, you know, big-name schools. Just maybe had a coach been there for a while that's, you know, wins year after year. If he comes to Texas, Texas does get all the talent in the state. He got a lot of talent. And it's Austin. I mean, besides what? Maybe USC or, um, uh, I mean, maybe Miami or something. Where else would you want to be if you were a college kid? Right. And in Austin. I mean, so a lot of um, attractions that can get kids there. It's got to find the right guy, you know. No, yeah, I, th- I think you're right, Chris. And I don't really feel like – I mean, I know they've had a tough bout with decommitments, but overall, Texas doesn't really have a recruiting problem, in my opinion. No. Um, I just think they're not developing guys enough and not getting these guys to play together. We got some reaction on the text line I want to get to in the next segment, so we'll stay on this topic. And, Garrett, I want to get your opinion on this when we come back. If Lincoln Riley or Neil Brown or Gary Patterson was the coach at Texas, would they have won a Big 12 championship with the people they have on their roster right now. Let's talk about that yeah, next on ESPN Central Texas. Hey, Whataburger fans. Here's some good news for you. Whataburger has a rich, creamy treat that's sure to satisfy your cravings. It's the Dr. Pepper Shake, and it combines everything you love about Whataburger's classic shakes with the 23 delicious flavors of a Dr. Pepper. So, whether you're craving a smooth shake or a soda bursting with bold flavor, the Dr. Pepper Shake has the best of both worlds. But you better try it soon because it won't be long before this limited-time shake is gone. It's the Dr. Pepper Shake, and again, it's only around for a limited time and only at Whataburger. Slovacek Sausage has found a great home in Central Texas, and we're growing with you. We have found so many ways to celebrate all the great things about Texas, football, family, and friends, and so much more. We have all of the barbecue specialty needs and over 35 kinds of kolaches to make your next meal or gathering a great success, and we do all the work. If you're on the road, we have the best place for your pooch to stop and stretch with our beautiful dog park. So with the hospitality of Texas and our Czech heritage, Vitame Vos. That means we welcome you. At Slovacek's, you'll love our sausage. My house has a new Now that football season is here and cooler weather is right around the corner, it's time to replace those old windows. When you call Universal Windows Direct, it's easy to schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unishield windows are sealed with Duralite, a non-metal spacer that has life expectancy five times that of other systems. Now offering 0% financing for 60 months, that's 0% financing for 60 months. Contact Universal Windows Direct for a free in-home estimate. UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com or call 254-301-7760. That's 254-301-7760. I love my windows. They've got that brand new home effect. Universal Windows Direct. 
For 75 years, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has been the number one provider of structural pipe ranging from half inch to 24 inch in diameter. They can handle all your fencing needs. They also carry square tubing from one half inch to six inches for weekend warrior projects, such as deer stands and ornamental iron jobs. If you need purlin, tubing, beams, weld plates, H braces, bench posts, culverts, or metal building supplies, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has the largest inventory of those products in Central Texas. Pioneer Steel and Pipe, with locations in Waco and Bryan and at pioneerboys.com. At CNC Collision Center, they handle any paint or body work job. In fact, they offer a lifetime warranty on any paint and body job they do. But that's not all they do. At CNC, they can take care of all auto repairs. If your AC is on the fritz, let one of the specialists take care of it so you can beat the Texas heat. Need new tires? CNC has what you need and can even install a Rhino bed liner in your pickup. So for all your automotive repair needs, go to CNC Collision Center, 5849 North Highway 6 in Spiegelville. ESPN Radio Sports Center. Steven Simcox with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update. Need an electrical contractor for new and existing projects in Central Texas? Call BB Services at 254-292-8908. Arkansas handed the Lady Bears their first loss of the season, beating Baylor 83-78 on Sunday. One of the big differences in the game was Arkansas shooting 39 free throws on the night. Baylor only got to the line 18 times. Kim Mulkey on the free throw disparity after the game. Disappointed, but not surprised when you have guards like they have that have been in college and have the experience. Um, you know, they've got seniors, they got grad transfers, they know how to get their body into you. I uh, learned a lot about our team, but I do know this. I've got to coach a little bit better. Some of the ones need to pick it up in the big games. The Baylor men take on Nickel State tomorrow night at 8 o'clock, and the Lady Bears return to the floor Thursday against West Virginia. Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Off the bench on ESPN Central Texas. Appreciate all the reaction we've gotten. We're going to try to respond to all our text here in this segment. So I'll do that first, and then, Garrett, I want to get your thoughts on the question I asked you before we went to break. We're talking about Tom Herman and his tenure at Texas. So Urban Meyer has reportedly turned down UT, and he's not going to coach there because of health concerns. So now they're back at square one. They might roll the dice with Herman for another year. Maybe you go find somebody else that would get the boosters excited, and they'd be willing to pay the buyout. But that's where they are. They've really put themselves in a, in a weird and awkward situation. Grumpy old fan said UT should get Jason Garrett. He's used to being a yes man. Uh, I don't think that fires anybody up, but yeah, interesting point. He has certainly worked with an organization in the past that has told him what to do, and he's fallen in line. Uh, We have a 512 number. I believe this is Jeff that texted in. Do you think Texas will interview Art Bryles? Jeff, I do not think there's any way they interview Art Bryles. What do you think, Garrett? Yeah, I don't think they do. If he comes back, I could definitely see him ended up at like Tech you know, or yeah. something like that. But I think that he's going to steer clear off. There, there are some rumors. Uh, they haven't been – I haven't seen it from anyone who really reports on tech yet, so I haven't brought it up on the air. But basically, there's some rumors that there's uh, some folks out in West Texas, some boosters that are pushing hard mm-hmm. to get Art Bryles to Lubbock. But I see absolutely no way that, that Texas interviews him. Uh, would Bob Stoops be interested I don't think so. I mean, he seems pretty content. You know, he put out a statement immediately when he did the uh, reserve coaching role last week that, hey, I'm just doing this because they needed me. Right. Oh, you needed me in an emergency. I'm not interested in other jobs, so I don't think he's interested in that job. Yeah, with him, I mean, maybe his next move might be the NFL if he wanted. And that's only because of he attempted to do that with the was the AAF 
that was that short stint. Yeah, he did with the renegades. With the renegades, right, right. What about and this is I know this is another one of those. It's not a splash hire, so I'm pretty sure it's going to be pushed to the wayside. But somebody like Graham Harrell. You know, that's an interesting name, and somebody brought that up, and my first thought was, well, why the heck haven't they done that? Not Texas, but Texas Tech. Like, yeah. why would If Texas Tech's going to push Matt Wells out, why not go get Graham Harrell, who's done a really nice job as an OC in a couple different places. Uh, but, no, that's a, a good name. I mean, knows the state of Texas very well. Very well. Obviously has roots, understands what that program is, would probably be really excited to get that job. So that's another guy who could be in the mix. JC said uh, – would they go after Joey McGuire? I don't think so. I feel like they're only going to go after, if it's an assistant coach on a college staff, somebody that's been a head coach already. Yeah, McGuire's going to get his opportunity. Yeah. It's coming. That's just a matter of time. But you're right. I, I think that with, with him, he's probably going to have to take one of those, maybe like one of those under tier, like an SFA. Mm-hmm. And I, I know SFA's soundly secure right now. But, yep. you know, a school like that and work his way up. He was, I believe he was in the mix for that UTSA job right. last year. And that seems like uh, the perfect more fit. The, yeah. the fit right now. But maybe Texas has a conversation with them. I, I can't say for sure, JC. I just don't see that uh, being a possibility. The names that Chip Brown brought up yesterday when he debunked the Urban Meyer story and basically said he rejected them were like Mario Cristobal at Oregon, Matt Campbell at, uh, at Iowa State. Mm-hmm. And those were the two big names. And then Steve Sarkeesian, who's at Alabama. Those were the names that he brought up as possibilities for head coach. So before we went to break, I asked you, Garrett, and our listeners can definitely chime in too, 254-662-1660. And if I'm missing a coach in the Big 12, please let me know. But I'm just thinking of, you know, coaches in the Big 12 that have done sort of mm-hmm. more with less. So, and this, this first guy doesn't really fit in that mold. He's just a really good coach on a team that's loaded. But if Lincoln Riley or Gary Patterson or Neil Brown were coaching Texas – with this group of talent they have, would they have won a Big 12 title or two in the, in the past couple of years? I think, yeah, a Big 12 title, definitely. Yeah. And initially I was thinking about that, and I still don't think they have what it takes in the trenches to win a national title, but it, I would give them a Big 12 title, yeah. So I think Lincoln Riley for sure, because, I mean, he's shown what he can do with an offense, and I feel like even, even though Sam might not be Kyler Murray or Baker right. Mayfield, he's a really talented guy. Uh, and, you know, Neil Brown or Gary Patterson, I feel like we have those defenses cooking. I don't know. It would depend on who their OCs were. But, again, it's like Chris talked about. You know, there's talent on that roster. Like, they have people that can get this done. Um, It's just about finding somebody who can develop that. Is Tom Herman back next year? Is he their head coach next year? I wouldn't be if I was him. I mean, you're obviously not wanted there. And the the crazy thing is, like, when you look what they did Saturday and you just cut B. John Robinson loose and, you know, he has a phenomenal game, there's – do you want to leave the potential of that offense? Yeah, by the way, they scored 69 points yeah. on Saturday and had probably their most complete game of the year. Kansas State's just falling apart. It, I guess it's just injuries and other issues, but you know, Chris Kleiman got that big extension midseason, and now they look they look pretty rough at the moment. I'm not super worried about them moving forward. It's, just, no. it's, it's an interesting kind of way that's played out for them this year. I feel like they end up like putting their tail between their legs and maybe – giving him some sort of raise or something and keeping him around. I, I think that's how this plays out. Yeah, I think he's definitely going to return. It's just I, how long? Like, like, do you just kind of look past this and, and try to keep winning or what? Well, that's the other thing. If Because nothing's going to change if they beat, you know, Kansas on Saturday 
And then I don't know who their bowl opponent's going to be, but Tom Herman's shown he can win bowl games. Like, that's not why you're firing mm-hmm. him. You're firing him because he does not win a conference title. So if you keep him around because he, like, saved his job because somebody rejected you, then you have to play this whole game again next year. It's like when Cliff Kingsbury saved his job by beating Texas and getting Texas to six and six. Mm-hmm. Like, that was cool. It was nice that they rallied and won. But if it was just that one game that was the reason why you kept him around, then you should have fired him because what happened the next year is Tech had a worse season, so they were in a corner and they had to let him go. I just, man, I, I feel like anything he does, unless he wins, just comes out next year and you know smokes Oklahoma and wins it, that he's just buying time to get fired. Like he, it's his job just doesn't feel secure, like and it never will feel secure there. JR said, do you think they'll go after Jim Harbaugh? No. no. I feel like Harbaugh's probably going to the NFL, and I'm not sure that would get anybody excited right now the way Michigan's playing. They're another team that, like Texas, in this year they've just been bad all around. But he's had a similar trajectory at Michigan. Like They've brought in good players. Mm-hmm. They've been good enough to be in the mix but haven't won a Big Ten championship, haven't even been to a Big Ten title game. And Leon said Texas will never win unless they get a big splash coach. I just think they need a good coach. Forget the splash. Yes, you the just splash gotta find, is the problem. Yeah, you got to find somebody who can get this thing done. And um, it's not going to be Urban Meyer, apparently. He he said no, so they'll move on and, and see what happens next. Coming up, hour number two of Off the Bench, we'll talk some more college football. And then later on, I want to get into the Cowboys and some NFL notes and college basketball as well. This is ESPN Central Texas. Recently on the John Moore Show. We welcome in the voice of Baylor basketball, the voice of the Bears. Pat Nunley joins us from Indianapolis. Good morning to you. you. Know, J-Mo, here's the deal. Yes. So I feel like I feel like a shooting guard who's been moved to play the point. And I, I'm a bit of a fish out of water. All I can say is I miss you, and I can't wait for you to be sitting in that play-by-play chair. And me right next to you, by the way. But yes. this, is, this is heavy lifting, man. Well, you know, you're just uh, you're perfectly suited for the color role, but you do so well. I, let me tell you, I've heard so many comments from people, and they kind of say it to me like, should I say this to him? But they say, what a great job you and David are doing, and I say, I absolutely agree. So, great job. Tune in to the Voice of the Bears weekdays from 9 to 10 a.m. on ESPN Central Texas. My house has a new Now that football season is here and cooler weather is right around the corner, it's time to replace those old windows. When you call Universal Windows Direct, it's easy to schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unishield windows are sealed with Duralite, a non-metal spacer that has life expectancy five times that of other systems. Now offering 0% financing for 60 months, that's 0% financing for 60 months. Contact Universal Windows Direct for a free in-home estimate. UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com or call 254-301-7760. That's 254-301-7760. I love my windows. They've got that brand new home effect. Universal Windows Direct. 
You already love our famous chicken tenders, but have you tried our fabulous Bush Baby sauce? Get ready. Our new Bush Baby chicken sandwich is here. Oh, and did we mention it's on a King's Hawaiian bun? Yes, you heard it right. A King's Hawaiian bun. Crispy tenders placed on a warm and delicious King's Hawaiian bun, drizzled with our sensational Bush Baby sauce, topped with three pickles, and bam! Introducing the new Bush Baby chicken sandwich. Pick up your Bush Baby chicken sandwich at a Bush's chicken nearest you today. Times are different right now, but as things begin to open and you need to get back on the road, make sure your vehicle is ready with Freddie Kish's Complete Car Care Center. With the demand high, supplies could be short soon. So get your car in today and make sure you're ready to hit the road. Our ASE certified technicians will ensure your vehicle is in its best working order in no time. Freddie Kish's Complete Car Care Center, where your troubles are our business. Slovacek Sausage has found a great home in Central Texas and we're growing with you. We have found so many ways to celebrate all the great things about Texas. Football, family and friends and so much more. We have all of the barbecue, specialty meats and over 35 kinds of kolaches to make your next meal or gathering a great success and we do all the work. If you're on the road we have the best place for your pooch to stop and stretch with our beautiful dog park. So with the hospitality of Texas and our Czech heritage, Vitame Vos. That means we welcome you. At Slovacek's you'll love our sausage. For 75 years, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has been the number one provider of structural pipe ranging from half inch to 24 inch in diameter. They can handle all your fencing needs. They also carry square tubing from one half inch to six inches for weekend warrior projects, such as deer stands and ornamental iron jobs. If you need purlin, tubing, beams, weld plates, H braces, bench posts, culverts, or metal building supplies, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has the largest inventory of those products in Central Texas. Pioneer Steel and Pipe, with locations at Waco and Bryan and at pioneerboys.com. KRZI Waco. K222DC Waco. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. K265DV Temple. This is ESPN Central Texas. Back on ESPN Central Texas. Steven Simcox and Garrett Ross here with you. Hour number two of Off the Bench. Uh, Coach Aranda is supposed to speak on the Big 12 teleconference right now, so I believe Q's recording that, and we'll hopefully have some audio maybe later. I'm um, at 1130 today. I want to get into, man, Baylor basketball. It was disappointing. Looked like they were going to get that game in with mm-hmm. Gonzaga, and then the morning of, um, Gonzaga had some positive tests, and it just didn't happen. And the Lady Bears will have some uh, some audio, some post-game audio of Kim Mulkey and DJ Carrington after they fell to Arkansas. On uh, on Sunday afternoon, close game. Arkansas had a lot of calls go their way, but interesting stretch of basketball for the Lady Bears, trying to figure some things out. Um, it, it'll be intriguing to see how they do Thursday against uh, against West Virginia. But we've been talking college football, and I've been asking you guys about this Urban Meyer situation. He reportedly turned Texas down, so now they're sort of back at square one as far as searching for a coach. And Mike on the text line said they should go after Herm Edwards. That's an intriguing name. I'll eat some crow on that, Garrett. You know, when he went to Arizona State, I thought, this sounds like an absolute disaster. Herm has not coached in a long time. He's an older guy. How is he going to connect with some of these younger players? But he's done a decent job there, and he obviously knows what he's doing coaching. And that's another, like, it's, it's both a splashy name, but someone who has some substance behind what he's done, you know, in the past and on his resume. I just feel like Edwards is one of those guys that's you know he's got that military background from his parents. He's kind of a no mm-hmm. nonsense thing, and I don't think that 
the boosters at Texas can control him the way they would like to. So I, I don't think that would work. He is a great coach. Yep. And he brought in Marvin Lewis to be his D coordinator out there in Arizona State. Now, granted, they haven't – obviously, I think they've only played like one or two games this year, so they haven't mm -hmm. had an opportunity to really put that together. I think they're probably going to stay put and, and see what they can do once everything – if things get back to more or less possible and, and have some time to – to work things out, but I, I don't think that his personality would work well in Austin. So let's take a look at the college football weekend, and you can keep chiming in on that uh, Tom Herman topic, 254-662-1660. By the way, Horns win 69-31 to yeah. over Kansas State. Played probably their best game of the year. I don't really get it. What do you think it is? You feel like they were just trying to ease him into it, but John Robinson, when he's gotten opportunities this year, he's been fantastic. He really is. It, it, maybe it was you're, you're holding out hope, trying to give Keontae since he, he was the – elder statesman in that backfield uh, try to give him some time but for whatever reason he was i was really high on Keontae coming out of carthage he was probably one of the best mm -hmm. running backs i've watched in person at the high school level and he just didn't it hasn't worked out for him but that's all that's been something that comes up every year with players at texas and not just texas but in general is you have these high profile guys why can't they develop but man Bijan proved and, and you kind of wonder if maybe that's why he uh Keontae decided to opt out and well i don't know if he's going to transfer or not but yeah, I think Bijan's word you're going to have to lean for going forward. Uh, some other college football results and, and just notes from around the country. Coastal Carolina and BYU played a fantastic football yeah. game on Saturday. And that game came together really quickly. Uh, Coastal Carolina was supposed to play Liberty. It got canceled. Credit BYU for going on the road, playing that football game. But the Chanteliers get a win. And I was just shocked. I haven't watched a lot of Coastal Carolina football this year. I know they had a good quarterback and, and some talent there. But, Garrett, they were playing nasty defense against a, a good BYU team led by Zach Wilson, a really good quarterback. And they hold on. BYU had a chance. Coastal Carolina won 22-17. BYU had a chance on the final play of the game. They threw a little slant route, and guy caught it at, like, the two-yard line. But Coastal Carolina gang tackled him and, and closed in and got it done. So they're 10-0 and now. Uh, BYU is 9-1. and Coastal Carolina is 18th in the nation. We'll see how they move up after that win. I still don't think there's any chance they're in the playoff mix, but it's a good win for a group of five team. No, and it's a fun story, right? And mm -hmm. I want them to get an opportunity to play a, a, a power name program in a bowl game and right. let them have an opportunity to finish strong and see what they do because they're not afraid of anybody, honestly. They're playing with a chip on their shoulder. They're not intimidated by anybody that they line up against, and they're just really fun team to to watch it, you're like you said, their defense is is really phenomenal, and the, the way they stepped up at the end there, and, and were able to uh, keep BYU just inch a feet away from being in the end zone was really impressive. And they'll have a couple more chances. It's interesting. So the um, Sun Belt's going to allow teams to try to play twelve games. So they play Troy this week, and then they'll play Louisiana Lafayette in the title game, conference title game. That'd be a fun and game. Yeah, they're a top 25 team. So they'll have a couple more chances to pad their resume. But, yeah, you're right. Put them in a New Year's Six game. I mean, like, Coastal Carolina, Georgia would be fun. Oh, that would be fun. I don't know if they have a chance, but they've played well enough to get that opportunity. It's very similar to those those Boise State teams back in the day where, where you had a, you know, they're kind of creeping in. They're getting the attention of everybody. And, you know, they were able to take care of Oklahoma in that bowl game. So hopefully that Coastal Carolina will get an opportunity. I thought one of the funny things was, did you see the sign? Uh, that the fan held up and said Iowa State would be third in the Sun Belt Conference. <laughs> oh, that, that was so hilarious. Just taking me. some shots at the Big yeah. 12. <laughs> yeah, man, that was such a rough weekend. And Iowa State is really, really yeah. good. And they lost to Louisiana in their season opener. K-State went down to Arkansas State. So 
some some tough non-conference action for Big 12 football this year. Uh, Coastal Carolina's legit, though, and an impressive win. Did you see that play where Zach Wilson threw the pick and they had, like, two guys basically block him into the ground hmm. and body slam him? Yeah, it was really interesting. I mean, it was a little over the line, but you could tell they were just – they were actively trying to make right. a statement in that game and beat him up a little bit and get in his head, and it worked. They get the victory over BYU, so congrats to the Chanteliers. Really good football team. Again, I don't see any chance they make the playoff or anything, but um, they'll probably be involved in a New Year's Six Bowl game, which will be a big deal for that program because they haven't been playing D1 football mm-hmm. uh, for that long. Elsewhere around the nation, um, the Aggies win again, man, 31-20. to 20. That defense was legit. The offense is doing enough. And they continue to state their case. They're 7-1 and one now, only losses to Alabama. Um, Auburn's not ranked, but they're a pretty solid football team. As Joel said earlier in the show, A&M's getting this done with their offensive and defensive lines. They're big up front. Kellen Mond was really efficient on Saturday. It seems like Ohio State's going to play in the Big Ten Championship game. Mm-hmm. Um, I was listening to Dan Patrick this morning, and he said they don't know if that Michigan-Ohio State game is going to get played, but the Big Ten – like power brokers have already sort of decided if it doesn't, they're going to find a way to amend that rule and right. get Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game. This is going to be the most inter- – to me, this is going to be the most interesting decision ever for the committee. And maybe it gets made for them, like if Clemson loses again to Notre Dame or something like that. But if it comes down to a 9-1 and Texas A&M team that's only lost to the best team in the country and a 6-0 and or 7-0 and Ohio State team that doesn't have – that impressive of a resume. I would lean putting A&M in the, in the top four, but I feel like the committee is probably going to roll with Ohio State. Yeah, I think that, unfortunately, I completely agree with you. Ohio State was more likely. They're going to go out of their way to get Ohio State in the playoff. And I don't agree with it, but it would be really disheartening to see this A&M team who has, I mean, like you said, their only losses to freaking Alabama, yeah. and they beat Florida. Who? So you – how do you navigate that? Well, and I think the temptation for the committee is going to be, well, we already saw the Alabama A&M game, right? And if you put them – but what you could do is you could bump them to three because if you kept it like it was and you put A&M in place of Ohio State, then you have two rematches. You mm-hmm. have A&M and Ohio State, and if Clemson won, you'd potentially have round three, three of Notre yeah. Dame-Clemson, which I don't think you want to do. Uh, so that would make things a little interesting, but – I feel like they'll probably roll with the Buckeyes. And I'm pretty sure they also don't want just two conferences represented. I mean, if you had just the ACC and the SEC, yeah. you know, I think they're going to try to... They're going to try to get the Big Ten involved. Exactly. Probably so. Uh, but, man, I just... If an SEC... If any other SEC team went 9-1 and one like this and only lost was Alabama, they would be, be in there. screaming from the mountaintops about not getting in. Um, a couple more things on the text line about... Uh, the UT situation. Grumpy old fan says UT have a decent coordinator that can mo- could promote like a normal school. Uh, so they got Yurchich and Chris Ash, who they just brought in this year. Um, I mean, both those guys are. I-, I wouldn't say they're great coordinators. I think they've gotten better as the years gone on, Garrett. But I don't think they'd get consideration for the Texas job. Yeah, neither one of them are are going to be your head coach. I, I just you're you're not gonna. Th- that's one of those schools where you're not going to promote. They got to have, for whatever reason, they're they're going to try to find a splash guy. And I don't know who you get at this point. Yeah, Mr. Buckeye said Texas should go after Eric Bieniemy. Uh, yeah, that I mean that'd be huge if they could get Eric Bieniemy. 
that'd be amazing. I, I'm not sure how much interest he would have. I think he wants to be an NFL guy, but um, he thinks they'd have a shot because they recruited him with uh, with David McWilliams back in the day. Yeah, but I, I think you're right. I think he's going to stay and try to make a, a move in the NFL. I don't see him coming to college. And Mr. Buckeye, let me know. I want to know your thoughts about this uh, playoff situation between A&M and Ohio State. As an Ohio State fan, I'd just be curious to see what your perspective is. Uh, Chris from Waco said this is why the playoffs should expand. Each team is different every year. I think it's eventually going to go to eight. They're just waiting for this TV deal to end. But yeah, that's that's where we're headed. We're headed to an eight-team playoff. Uh, before we go to break, one more thing I want to mention. Oregon loses again. I feel like Garrett, we're teetering on Mario Cristobal being good recruiter bad head coach territory because yeah. Oregon feels fraudulent they lose 21 to 17 to Cal I know it's a weird year with the pandemic but once again they got a lot of talent and they're just not getting it done on the field yeah I mean when you when you have more talent than teams like Utah and stuff you've you got to be able to beat them and, and Oregon had, was on such a high pedestal at one point that it I mean I, I agree with you He's, you can bring the guys in there all you want but you're gonna have to find a way to develop that talent so they're now 3-2 and two on the year. They've lost two in a row. Pac-12 not going to be a factor at all in the playoff. That was one concern, you know, similar to Ohio State, a team that hadn't played a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Could they be in? That's not going to happen in the Pac-12. They just don't have a team that will be in the mix. And Iowa State-Oklahoma, that's officially going to be your Big 12 title game. So that should be a fun rematch. I think the Sooners are the better team right now, yeah. but Iowa State's really good, Garrett. That's going to be a good game. And like you said, I still feel like Oklahoma is the, the best team in the conference. They've just been – consistently improving week in and week out. And I'm not saying that Iowa State hasn't. I just, I'm still giving Oklahoma the edge in that one. Coming up next, let's talk some Cowboys and some NFL action from Sunday. This is Off the Bench on ESPN Central Texas. This weather update is brought to you by the Nitsche Group. Since 1949, Texans have secured their insurance needs through the Nitsche Group. Learn more at thenitschegroup.com. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm meteorologist Emily Kay. Temperatures will start out in the upper 30s and lower 40s today. Highs will only be in the lower to mid 60s across central Texas in the afternoon. Skies will be mostly sunny throughout the day. Tonight, temperatures will drop down into the upper 30s once again with mostly clear skies. Tomorrow will be slightly warmer with highs in the lower 70s and mostly sunny skies. The warmer weather will stick around until the end of the work week. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 539 for your forecast first. Plus, check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. Recently on the John Moore Show. We welcome in the voice of Baylor basketball, the voice of the Bears. Pat Nunley joins us from Indianapolis. Good morning to you. You know, J-Mo, here's the deal. Yes. So I feel like I feel like a shooting guard who's been moved to play the point. And I, I'm a bit of a fish out of water. All I can say is I miss you, and I can't wait for you to be sitting in that play-by-play chair. And me right next to you, by the way. But yes. this, is, this is heavy lifting, man. Well, you know, you're just uh, you're perfectly suited for the color role, but you do so well. I, let me tell you, I've heard so many comments from people, and they kind of say it to me like, should I say this to him? But they say, what a great job you and David are doing, and I say, I absolutely agree. So, great job. Tune in to the Voice of the Bears weekdays from 9 to 10 a.m. on ESPN Central Texas. Now 
that football season is here and cooler weather is right around the corner, it's time to replace those old windows. When you call Universal Windows Direct, it's easy to schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unishield windows are sealed with Duralite, a non-metal spacer that has life expectancy five times that of other systems. Now offering 0% financing for 60 months, that's 0% financing for 60 months. Contact Universal Windows Direct for a free in-home estimate. UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com or call 254-301-7760. That's 254-301-7760. I love my windows. They've got that brand new home effect. Universal Windows Direct. You already love our famous chicken tenders, but have you tried our fabulous Bush Baby sauce? Get ready. Our new Bush Baby chicken sandwich is here. Oh, and did we mention it's on a King's Hawaiian bun? Yes, you heard it right. A King's Hawaiian bun. Crispy tenders placed on a warm and delicious King's Hawaiian bun, drizzled with our sensational Bush Baby sauce, topped with three pickles, and bam! Introducing the new Bush Baby chicken sandwich. Pick up your Bush Baby chicken sandwich at a Bush's chicken nearest you today. Slovacek Sausage has found a great home in Central Texas, and we're growing with you. We have found so many ways to celebrate all the great things about Texas. Football, family, and friends, and so much more. We have all of the barbecue, specialty meats, and over 35 kinds of kolaches to make your next meal or gathering a great success, and we do all the work. If you're on the road, we have the best place for your pooch to stop and stretch with our beautiful dog park. So with the hospitality of Texas and our Czech heritage, Vitame Vos. That means we welcome you. At Slovacek's, you'll love our sausage. For 75 years, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has been the number one provider of structural pipe ranging from half inch to 24 inch in diameter. They can handle all your fencing needs. They also carry square tubing from one half inch to six inches for weekend warrior projects, such as deer stands and ornamental iron jobs. If you need purlin, tubing, beams, weld plates, H braces, bench posts, culverts, or metal building supplies, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has the largest inventory of those products in Central Texas. Pioneer Steel and Pipe, with locations in Waco and Bryan and at pioneerboys.com. Off the bench, ESPN Central Texas. Garrett Ross on the board. I'm Stephen Simcox. We've been talking a lot of college football today. I want to talk some college basketball in the next segment. Recap sort of what happened this weekend with Baylor. Unfortunate the men couldn't get their game in. The Lady Bears fall to Arkansas. And we'll hear some Kim Mulkey audio. But I wanted to spend some time on the Cowboys and just the NFL in general. Pretty interesting NFL weekend and some things happening in the NFC East. That division is starting to take some shape. Um, it's still not good, but there are a few teams that have seemed to emerge a little bit, and one team has a good opportunity later on this afternoon. But Tuesday night football, Ravens and Cowboys. Dallas trying to bounce back after that embarrassing mm-hmm. loss on Thanksgiving Day. That seems like it was about four weeks ago now. Um, Ravens will be at full strength. So Garrett, this is the Ravens offense that has struggled this year. They're not as dynamic as they have been. But I just can't seem to shake Lamar Jackson running all over this Cowboys defense. I'm just struggling to find ways that they're going to be able to slow him down because they've struggled this year with containing, you know, the edge, containing the outside, and teams have been able to run the football on them. So between Ingram and Dobbins and Jackson – 
I, I'm finding it difficult to find ways for that Cowboys defense to slow them down. It's definitely going to be a tall task, but you kind of got to hope is with that layoff, how does that impact them? You know, not getting reps in practice, mm-hmm. uh, conditioning, all that stuff. Does that? That's definitely going to be a factor at some point in the game. But I think when you have uh, – you just you take it like running back by committee, I think that's definitely going to help them out. But, yeah, I, you're going to have to find a way to contain Jackson. I, I don't think that – it's not going to be like facing them earlier in the year. I think they have a better opportunity to control him, but at the same time, yeah, their 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 run defense has definitely struggled all year, and I don't see anything changing right now from that standpoint. So, no Zach Martin, no Cam Irving, no hope. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just cut straight to the point. Cut to the point. Garrett said, "I don't care about your little setup, Steve. But I'll tell you what that means." That means they don't have any hope. I mean, you're right. The offense, aside from that bomb to Amari Cooper, once Martin went down, it was completely different. Yeah. They couldn't run the football. And this is a Baltimore defense that is still really solid. I mean, Patrick Queen's a good player. Rookie at LSU. Calais Campbell's really good player. So it's going to be an uphill battle on that front as well. And I think, you know, if you lose tomorrow – you're pretty much done in the division. Mm-hmm. If you find a way to win, you still keep you, yourself alive, and you're you're sort of just trying to make it until that last stretch of division games, which I believe are the last couple games of the season. I just hope we start seeing some younger guys in the mix on defense. You know, I'd like to see what Bradley and I can do. I'd like to see what Reggie Robertson can do, the uh, corner slash safety mm-hmm. out of Tulsa. I, I'm tired of just trotting vets out there week after week. I mean, I know what I'm getting out of, you know, Anthony Brown and Cheeto and, and the safeties in the back end. Donovan Wilson has been a nice surprise. You know, that's when one of the nice things about the second half of the season is you've gotten to see some players get more snaps, and I'd like to see that continue tomorrow. That's the main thing I'm looking for out of this Cowboys team now. I think that's a really good point. I mean, granted, even if you do find a way to make it out of the division, you're more than likely getting bounced the first round of the playoffs. And so why not start doing evaluations to see and start focusing on your draft board and what, areas that are actually going to be needs compared to wants and Mm. uh, things like that. So I I feel like that's a smart way to approach these last few games if you're Dallas. I think so, too. So tomorrow night, Dallas and Baltimore. It's going to be on Fox. It's 7 o'clock. So, Garrett, let me ask you about about your team, the Washington football team. They play the Steelers today. Monday afternoon football. It's going to be on during game time at 4 o'clock. Washington sort of found something with their defense and running the football Alex Smith has managed the game okay. Mm-hmm. He hadn't turned the ball over. What's your confidence level? They need a victory today to sort of keep pace with the Giants who are suddenly red hot. What's your confidence level about them beating the undefeated Steelers on uh, on the road today? I mean, their defensive line is, to me, one of the best in the NFL. And so if they can get pressure on Ben, that's going to help. I don't think they have anybody that stands a chance to cover uh, Juju. So if – if they could just kind of control the clock with their running game, because that's really about all they have going other than McLaren. Uh, but, yeah, it's definitely going to be difficult. I, but I think they can beat them. I mean, mm-hmm. at this point, you got they're coming off of that, that late game. Uh, so the Steelers are on a short schedule. Maybe you could take advantage of that. But, uh, yeah, they can't let Ben sit back and, and throw against them because their secondary is awful. Yeah, Pittsburgh sort of sleptwalked through their last few games. So maybe there is an opportunity there. Um for Washington and and the reason I said that's a big game for them 
is because the most improbable result yesterday for me was the Giants go on the road uh, to the West Coast and they get things done um, against the Seahawks and they win by a final score of 17-12. Colt McCoy was playing in that game. Um, it's a Seahawks team that has done everything right on offense and the Giants are able to, to win that game. And now New York is suddenly 5-2 and two in their last seven. Uh, they've sort of taken control of the NFC East. They're five and seven on the year, and they are in a really good position moving forward. But Garrett, I know we have some breaking news right now on on Baylor basketball. Is that right? Yeah. So the game with Nickel State has been canceled as well. Oh, uh, Nickel State has multiple positive cases in its program, uh, according to Jeff Goodman from the stadium, and so it's looking like Baylor will be missing two games in a row now. So if you were hoping to see the Bears at home, you're still going to have to wait on that one. Maybe, well, maybe UT. Yeah, that's unfortunate. So that means some things shift in our schedule. Uh, the Cowboys will be on ESPN Central Texas now instead mm-hmm. of Baylor basketball. Man, that, I mean, that stinks. It just is what it is. Like, this is the reality of, of playing sports in, during the pandemic with COVID-19. But that's two in a row now for Baylor. And I guess they've lost four games on the season. Now, they made yeah. up the games they would have missed from the Empire Classic by scheduling two other opponents. And JMO says no Baylor hoops tomorrow, so I guess there's no chance of a, a quick, you know, rescheduling. But I believe that puts their next game against Texas yeah. on Sunday, and that's a pretty that's gonna be that's a pretty a big, big game. game. That's a big conference opener. Um, it, it's just it's tough, Garrett, because yeah, this team's really good, and you think it's not gonna affect them too much, but you got to play games to get better. You want to get on the court to try to improve, and that was an opportunity for a tune-up game against Nichols, where you could maybe tinker with some lineups. You know, take care of your business. If everything went well, you could get everybody involved, and now that's not going to happen. Hey, Texas is one of those teams that you – if they're playing games, right, you don't want to just go in there with a layoff and try mm-hmm. to go up against this this team because they're really solid. So you, hopefully they can find another one. I, I know it's going to be difficult. And honestly, I feel like this is one of those things where be patient because you're going to see this all year long. There's going to be a lot of games getting canceled. And I, we maybe that'll be an idea for later this week. I need to get somebody on who covers college basketball nationally. I know the Big Twelve has basically told teams if you got six guys available, you're going to play yeah. conference games. And but yes, I think you're right. We're going to see this all year, but especially in the non-conference season, because bottom line is if you have a couple positive tests, even one positive test, I mean, what's the point of risking it if it's a game that doesn't really matter? You know, in the standings, it matters for teams on the tournament bubble, but. If the alternative is there could be an outbreak, then avoid it at all costs. Well, another thing to consider is while one positive test might be overlooked in football, your roster is so small in basketball that I mean mean, that's going to derail you. And obviously, we saw that with the Gonzaga game. Now, granted, it's also going to how states are approaching this, and and it came down to Indiana's health commission uh, with ultimately pulling the plug on the Gonzaga game. But that's something to keep to consider, and it. But those small roster sizes, you can't risk, even with one positive, getting anybody else sick. No, you can't. And, I mean, the bottom line is, as you said, now they're trying to space them out the best they can mm-hmm. and wear masks when they're practicing and all that. But if you have one or two guys, then that affects your whole team. Yes. Because you only have so many players. Um, when you practice, you're doing five-on-five, five, stuff like that. It's just almost impossible to keep everyone, you know, out of uh, out of being in contact mm-hmm. with each other when you have such small numbers. We'll come back. We'll update you on that. I might hit a couple more NFL things, and then we'll get into some more college basketball. This is ESPN Central Texas. 
It's the Big 12 Conference Opener for Coach Kim Mulkey and the Lady Bears. Thursday on the road at West Virginia. 5.30 for the Pizza Hut countdown to tip-off. It's a 6 p.m. tip-off Thursday for the conference opener between the Lady Bears and the Mountaineers. Baylor Big 12 Women's Basketball this Thursday from Morgantown. Here on the home of the Lady Bears, ESPN Central Texas. Wings Pizza and Things in Temple is your go-to spot to watch the game and fuel up on great food. As the name implies, you can get delicious wings in 15 different flavors and amazing fresh-made pizzas. But that's not all that's on the menu. Try one of their burgers, sandwiches, or wraps. Or check out their new specials, which include their two-for-28-dollar meal deals or their family feast. And make sure to top off your meal with something from the sweet spot. Wings Pizza and Things is family-friendly and has more than 60 TVs, so you know your game is on. Go to wingsintemple.com for the menu. With so many companies and policies out there, it gets so confusing shopping for insurance, and I never know if I'm getting the policy that's right for me. Luckily, I met the team at the Nitchie Group Insurance Agency. With the Nitchie Group, you can go to one company and get access to coverage options from many insurance carriers, and you get to speak to a real person about your specific coverage needs. With the Nitchie Group, I know I'm getting the right coverage at the right price. If you need insurance, talk to the experts at the Nitchie Group at 1-800-258-8302. Connect, host, work, and play with the Baylor Club. Enjoy an upscale environment featuring chef-driven cuisine and space to watch all the action. Discover a private club inside McLean Stadium with all the amenities you've been missing, including complimentary breakfast Monday through Friday, a la carte dining for lunch and dinner, and events for all interests. Members are raving about the wide open spaces and comfortable atmosphere. Contact April or Stephanie at 254-710-8080 to make the Baylor Club your home away from home today. And now, a moment of chill from Coors Light. (sighs) Coors Light, mountain cold refreshment, made to chill after the short but cold beer run from hot tub to cabin. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Have you been tagged yet again in an engagement ring photo? Are hints being dropped all around you? Rest assured, D'Amore Fine Jewelers has been rescuing men seeking the perfect ring for over 25 years. Come in with a picture of her dream ring and we'll make it a reality. With our five-year financing, custom design team, and selection of diamonds, we'll make the whole process fun and enjoyable. DMRA Fine Jewelers on West Waco Drive. ESPN Radio Sports Center. Steven Simcox with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update. Need an electrical contractor for new and existing projects in Central Texas? Call BB Services at 254 292 8908. Arkansas handed the Lady Bears their first loss of the season, beating Baylor 83 78 on Sunday. One of the big differences in the game was Arkansas shooting 39 free throws on the night. Baylor only got to the line 18 times. Kim Mulkey on the free throw disparity after the game. Disappointed, but not surprised when you have guards like they have that have been in college and have the experience. Um, you know, they've got seniors, they got grad transfers, they know how to get their body into you. I uh, learned a lot about our team, but I do know this. I've got to coach a little bit better. Some of the ones need to pick it up in the big games. The Baylor men take on Nickel State tomorrow night at 8 o'clock, and the Lady Bears return to the floor Thursday against West Virginia. Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. 
I guess you can't play that sports center anymore, Garrett. Nope. <laughs> if you're just joining us, uh, Baylor men versus Nickel State tomorrow night has been called off. There will be no rescheduling that we know of. Nickel State had multiple positive tests within their program, so they can't play. So that's two in a row now for the Baylor men that they won't be able to play. They lost that Gonzaga game. Well, it did not get played. They did not lose to Gonzaga. It was no contest. Game did not get played because of a positive test in the Gonzaga program. And as Garrett said, unfortunately, I, I think it will change as we get into conference play. Teams will work harder to try to get these games in. Right. But especially right now when, I mean, there's no reason to really risk it. You're going to see a lot of these games canceled. And I know the guys are working hard and it's not ideal, but it's just sort of where we are in the midst of this pandemic and, and with cases surging everywhere. But hopefully they can start to get a handle on it. You would think as – you know, I know right now most students are not on campus because right. most colleges decided to shut things down after Thanksgiving. So you would hope that maybe things would level out, but Nickel State, Baylor, not going to get played tomorrow night. Uh, we were talking NFL in the last segment before we got that breaking news. So just a couple things I want to touch on, and then we'll move on to some Lady Bears audio in the segment. I was talking about the Giants, and they get that victory 17-12 to over the Seahawks, and they're now in first place in the NFC East. And I was wrong about Joe Judge. In the offseason, it seemed like all the stories about him made him sound like a middle school football coach. Like he was <laughs> making guys run laps if they made mistakes and was just very demonstrative and in people's face. And I'm still not sure how long that works at the NFL level, but whatever he's doing, it's it's working. I mean, they are, uh, they've responded to him. They've played well down the stretch here, and they're now suddenly, you know, the best team in the NFC East, Garrett. And it's crazy. I mean, you're you're having success with a backup quarterback. I mean, you, you're had shakeups in your your coaching staff uh, a, after the confrontation with him and um, Mark Colombo, Mark Colombo, line coach. Yeah, uh, you know that you had questions. Was was Jason Garrett going to be on the hot seat now? And you just come out and go on the road, which and you beat a very very good Seattle team. So I mean, they definitely have things going in the right direction. And like you mentioned, you're what five five and two down the stretch so far. So. They got things going in the right direction. He definitely is doing something correct. Hello to the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. 41-35 went over Tennessee over the weekend. They're now 9-3 on the season. Baker Mayfield had maybe his best game as a pro, 25-33 for 334 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. And a, a nice little reception. Yeah, and they beat a good Tennessee team. Uh, things seem to be settling down for Cleveland. They're not going to win that AFC North division because – well, I, I don't think they'll win the AFC North Division because the Steelers are 11-0, and and uh, they're getting it done. But still, really impressive victory for the Browns. They seem to uh, to have found themselves, and Kevin Stefanski's doing a nice job. Um, last year was supposed to be the year, but they bounced back nicely this season after a disappointing year. It, what do you think? Do you think they're going to bring Odell back, or do they try to move on? Because, it, I mean, you're having this success, and you're not really having to deal with him and his – tantrums and drama i mean it seems like it'd be time to move on i, I just think with all the trade rumors that always surround him right that tells you that they there's if there's smoke there's fire and they're probably ready to move on but he's such a talented guy i'd be interested to see what the market for him would be because if you're a cleveland team that's on the cusp and you could get like a first round draft pick for odell then i think you definitely make that yeah. move but i don't know what he would demand coming off an injury and having a couple of tough years after exiting uh, the Giants. My buddy Matt texted me and said New York success is because Jason Garrett's the real head coach there <laughs> for the Giants. <laughs> and I mean, he's joking a little bit, but that is an interesting subplot. I mean, he has done a decent job as the office coordinator there 
And I don't think he's the reason they're, you know, one five of their last seven. But if the Giants win the NFC East instead of the Cowboys, and that's a pretty nice revenge for uh, for Jason Garrett. Yeah, I don't really think he could ask for much more, especially if they can, you know, take care of them and kind of put the nail in the coffin on the Cowboys season here in a, a couple of weeks. And finally, uh, the Broncos took the Chiefs to the wire yesterday on Sunday Night Football. Broncos punted on fourth and three with like four minutes left, and I thought that was a really silly decision. I felt like for a team that had nothing to play for, should have rolled the dice and gone for it there, and, and that was basically the game because the Chiefs went down and kicked a field goal. But they won 22-16. to 16. Kansas City's fantastic. I'm not going to like start. I'm not going to come out and be like hot take guy. Yeah. But I do feel like that offense has sort of slowed down the last few weeks, and maybe that's just sort of a mid-season rut, but I just find it curious. The last couple times I've watched Kansas City, um, aside from, you know, the Tyreek Hill game, two of their last three, they haven't they've have been the machine that, you know, they typically are. So it's just something to watch moving forward through the year. They're so efficient, though. Watching, yeah. watching Mahomes in the pocket and then just some of the odd releases that are almost look unnatural in football that he's able to pull off, or it's – it's simply brilliant. I mean, it's it's awesome to watch them play football. Oh, yeah. They're the f- most fun team to watch in the league, and, and there's really no contest. So that's sort of your NFL recap. Cowboys-Ravens again. That game's tomorrow, and we'll have more of a preview of that uh, tomorrow, and you can hear the game right here on ESPN Central Texas. Lady Bears, they fell to Arkansas yesterday in what was uh, a pretty good game, 83-78, and Arkansas got to the line a lot. They had 39 free throws on the day. Um, Baylor only had 19. Queen Egbo got in foul trouble early. They struggled to score a little bit down the stretch. You know, I think the biggest thing here it is they just got to find a way, other than Dijanae Carrington, these guards are really struggling to score. And you can have great post players, and Alyssa Smith had a good game on Sunday, but if you can't hit shots from the outside and have people respect that part of your game, it's going to be tough. So they squeezed out that winning at South Florida. They fall to Arkansas yesterday, and Kim Mulkey and Dijanae Carrington spoke with the media after the game last night. Kim, you talked about it in the in the pregame media and stuff about not putting them on the foul line. I think they shot 37 free throws, outscored you by 18 there. How big a difference, obviously, was that? Oh, it was the difference in the ball game. You know, there are three things that style of offense wants to do. They want to shoot threes, get to the foul line, and score layups. And they did two out of the three against us very well tonight. Um, not disappointed but not surprised when you have guards like they have that have been in college and have the experience um you know they've got seniors they got grad transfers they know how to get their body into you you can't go to a zone against you know those guys because they'll spot up and shoot threes on you so uh learned a lot about our team but i do know this you know i've got a i've got a i've got a coach a little bit better. Some of the ones need to pick it up in the big games. They don't need to be sitting over there by me. Kim, when when, when Queen had to come out of the game early, did that kind of interrupt y'all's offensive flow? And, and I guess did not not having her out there kind of make y'all try to have to refigure out what what you wanted to do, you know, to get in your best rhythm? Without a doubt, it does. Um, getting in foul trouble uh, and not, you know, I mean. Guys, our offense goes through our post players, so we're scrambling at that point, and it never got any better the entire night. Uh, as you saw many times, I had Carrington playing some post. I had Dee Dee playing some post. Uh, Hannah Gusters is going to be fine. She's a freshman. I thought she did fine, but in a game of this magnitude this early in the year, you go with the most experience that you have. 
but yes, um, absolutely, that that's we we got to do better. When you guys had that inbound pass and, and Bickle ended up taking that shot, was that maybe a design play that was supposed to go to Carrington, or was it just kind of like feeling the options without kind of you know showing your cards? Well, it was two shooters up there on a flare screen. You couldn't ask for a better look. And what they did is they switched. And when they switched, two of them ended up going to Carrington, which left Bickle wide open. Take that shot, draw that play up anytime. Again, those are, are two kids you'd want to shoot that. Uh, Dijanae, I guess just talk about the way that y'all were able to fight back. I mean, they got up by 10. You guys didn't go away. You know, what was the key in, you know, trying to get back in it and, you know, and having a chance to win there at the end? I mean, we were never out of it. Um, and that was just our mindset. We, we were making mistakes fouling a lot but we just kept telling ourselves get a stop we knew we could score we just had to get stops um and so i think we just did a good job of sticking together and never um getting down on one another but uh, just reminding ourselves that we're never out of this we can score quick and we just got to defend guys turnovers too uh, you can't turn the ball over like that on the road and criticals just 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 reading your pass, just lazy passing, inexperienced passing, uh, 24 assists to 22 turnovers. That's You're not going to beat many teams, even if they don't go to the foul line. Dijanae, with all the turnovers, I mean, with all the fouls, how much did, and, and with Queen and foul trouble and some of the others, how much did you feel like you needed to step up to score, or was that just flow of the offense? Well, I mean, I needed to step up since I got here. Um, and I think that today I just finally flipped the switch in my head. Um, but I, I still would like to be able to contribute like that on offense, even when Queen's in the game, we need her in the game, regardless of if I'm contributing or not. Um, but I mean, definitely felt like I needed to step up. It's a big game. We needed experience. We needed offense and we needed um, to just have someone to help us take control of that game. Coach, 22 turnovers tonight. What do you guys need to do to get that cleaned up? And also, did you feel like, feel like you guys maybe were a little, maybe a step slow tonight? Well, you wonder that, um, step slow. Got to look at the film. Two of those kids, guys, I, we've played against. I don't know how many of our players have played against them uh, currently, but through the Big 12, Ramirez was at TCU, Dungy was at OU. I never felt like that we didn't have the, the speed. Now, what I think a lot of it is, is just their ability to round the corner and draw fouls and, and, and get up in you. That's what great players do and good players, but especially players that have played a lot together. Uh, what was the first part of your question, the turnovers? I just I just think there were bad passes. Um, you know, there's, there's those turnovers that are lazy. We had a lot of just lazy turnovers, throwing the ball back to the point guard to run an offense, and bam, they'd get in a passing lane and lay it up. Lay it up. Um, aggressiveness when you're on offense, confidence when you're on offense, and some of that, some of the turnovers they had, you know, they were just more aggressive and more confident than we were. One thing that stood out to me about that media session you know, when, when Caitlin Bickle took that three late in the game, I thought, that's a little interesting. She would not be first on the list. But Coach Mulkey said that was designed. It was, you know, they were running both her and Carrington off flare screens. And the defense paid all their attention to Carrington, so it left Bickle open. And it was an open shot. 
I mean, she hasn't played a ton of minutes yet, so mm. I just don't know a lot about her game. I think of her as more of a post player, not an outside shooter. But Mulkey said, you know, she is a shooter. Like, she's one of the better shooters on the team. So that's why she got that look late in the game. And um, I, I guess that's just something to watch moving forward. And I feel like that's that's the biggest thing that stood out to me. They miss Juicy Landrum a lot. They miss mm-hmm. Taya Cooper a lot. Just somebody who can open things up for the girls inside by making the defense respect that that outside jump shot. They're going to have to establish a new identity from you know what they've done over the past few years. It, it's going to take time. And also, they're in a position now, I feel like this season, where I don't think people, very many people are intimidated by them as, mm-hmm. as they traditionally would be. And, you know, that, that way that Arkansas had their game plan and that style, you kind of wonder if some teams are going to look at that and say, well, they had a lot of success doing this. Maybe we should try to try that against them. But it's definitely going to take a while for Baylor to to find what is going to be right for this team to, uh, to run. Yeah, not sure how many teams in the Big 12 have the guard play that Arkansas does. Like Amber Ramirez is a heck of a player, mm-hmm. and, and they got some speed on the perimeter. But, no, you're right. I think attacking – the bigs and trying to get them in foul trouble is a really effective strategy if you can find a way to do it. So that might be something to watch moving forward as well. Lady Bears get back in action on Thursday against West Virginia in their conference opener. When we come back, we'll hit some uh, just notes that we missed throughout the day. We'll also get cue in here and get you ready for unnecessary roughness. This is ESPN Central Texas. The only dentist in the Bosqueville Independent School District is Saddle Creek Dental. Since 2007, doctors Dodd Moore and Jacob Moore have helped patients of all ages while providing them personalized, gentle care they deserve. They offer laser dentistry, cosmetic fillings, single-day crowns, Invisalign clear aligners, and dental implants. Emergency care and conscious sedation is available. Schedule an appointment today, Saddle Creek Dental, 10104 Saddle Creek Drive, and at SaddleCreekDental.com. Southwest Sports Medicine and Orthopedics, the team physicians of Baylor Athletics. Our doctors specialize in the diagnosis and treatment of any and all sports-related injuries. Celebrating over a decade of service to Central Texas, our doctors are equipped to handle a wide range of issues. Whether it's your foot or ankle, your hand or wrist, knee and shoulder pain, or you're in need of our arthritis and total joint clinic, trust the doctors that Baylor trusts. Southwest Sports Medicine and Orthopedics, our goal is to get you back in the game. Walk-On's athletes put everything they've got into the game. Walk-On Sports Bistro puts everything we've got into bringing you a game day with a taste of Louisiana. Catch all your teams on over 70 big screen TVs. Dig into our mouth-watering Louisiana cuisine like po'boys, gumbo, and voodoo shrimp. Plus fan favorites like juicy burgers and fresh salads. It's all made from scratch with ingredients you can't help but crave. Walk-On Sports Bistro. We live for this. This is Michael Habern, owner of Waco Jewelers. We have exciting news. Our 75% sales event is back. Yes, you heard it right. 75% off almost everything in the store. You are personally invited to our 75% off sale event of the year. Come see our diamond earrings, bracelets, necklaces, rings, and our beautiful signature silver selection. Waco Jewelers on the corner of Valley Mills and Sanger. So we'll see you here at Waco Jewelers under the spinning diamond. Times are different right now, but as things begin to open and you need to get back on the road, make sure your vehicle is ready with Freddie Kish's Complete Car Care Center. With the demand high, supplies could be short soon. So get your car in today and make sure you're ready to hit the road. Our ASC certified technicians will ensure your vehicle is in its best working order in no time. 
Freddie Kish's Complete Car Care Center, where your troubles are our business. Fox 44 News, Adam Hooper, Weather Rate Certified Most Accurate Mike LaPointe, and Matt Roberts. Breaking news out of McLennan County. Central Texas, we may not see anything. One of the biggest question marks coming into this season. Live as it happens. The live radar across Central Texas. More local news. Waco's community came together for last night's rally. A woman in her late 30s. We are live on the scene. On top of breaking news, weather, and sports. Back in action. On air and online, Fox 44 News. Your news now. Greg Evans, class of 89 of Redwoods Incorporated, says Gigam Aggies. Redwoods Incorporated, your Central Texas headquarters for specialty building products. Redwoods Incorporated at 623 Esther, right behind Applebee's Restaurant. Redwoods carries a full line of outdoor building materials, such as Redwood, Western Red Cedar, Timber Tech Composite Decking, premium grades of yellowwood-treated pine lumber by Great Southern, stainless steel fasteners, and premium finishes to protect your project. Call Aggie alum Greg Evans to help you with your next order, 772-5243. Hi, my name is Amanda Cunningham. I am a local realtor that has a passion for people. I've helped clients buy and sell over 80 homes in 2019 and would love to help you buy or sell that perfect home. You deserve to get top dollar for your home. Listing with an experienced agent that specializes in not only promoting your home, but helping you get your home buyer ready is key. I have a team of people around me that make what I do each day possible. If you're searching for that perfect home, your experience should be pleasant and stress-free. Call me today. I want to meet you. 254-495-0338. Google Amanda Cunningham. Cunningham Realtor with Colwell Banker Apex to find my website, Facebook, and more. Final segment on Off the Bench. Stephen Simcox and Garrett Ross here with you. A couple things from the NFL. We were talking at 1130 and then we got the breaking news that that Baylor-Nickel State game got called off, so we sort of pivoted that, but Wanted to touch on some things. We talked about the NFC East. The Giants have suddenly caught fire now. Also, the Eagles finally made a move that their fans have been pushing for a long time. Maybe it's just a temporary thing. We don't know what's going to happen this week, but Carson Wentz goes to the bench. Jalen Hurts comes off the bench and played pretty well. I mean, they didn't win, but they came back and made that a game against the Packers. So something to monitor there. As uh, I, I just don't know what Philly does, though, Garrett, because they can't really cut Carson Wentz. He's got so much money on the books I'm not really sure what he would demand in a trade market so you can see what you got with Jalen Hurts but you're you're sort of stuck with the guy that, that's on the contract right now yeah I don't see anybody willing to even take an attempt on Carson Wentz the way he's played much less with that that contract but at this point you might as well just see what you could do with Jalen Hurts for the remainder of the season and uh, go from there but yeah you're right I, I think they've kind of put themselves in a bind giving him that much money Q's in studio with us uh Q did you get to watch much of of Jalen Hurts sort of NFL debut yesterday and what did you think of his performance yeah I saw a little bit uh I'm a Jalen Hurts guy I think he's gonna end up being successful in the league I think right now it's too early for him though uh he, he's just kind of feeling his way but uh given a whole offseason and given you know some time to learn I think I think the ideal situation for him would be to sit behind someone who's established kind of almost similar to and I'm not trying to put this comparison on him but similar to what Patrick Mahomes did with Alex Smith sit behind him for a year and kind of learn the the tricks of the trade I think that'd be an ideal for Jalen Hurts now Carson Wentz is probably not the guy that you want to sit behind for a year obviously given everything that we know. So um, I, I just think that they probably should just go ahead and roll the dice with Hurts the rest of the year and see how it goes. Uh, but, you know, that contract is so massive that I, I just can't see anybody making that move. And I got some notes on, on his contract coming up in, in cover three later on in, the, in you know, an unnecessary roughness. But 
I, I, I don't know who would really be willing to do that unless they feel like they're one Carson Wentz away from winning a Super Bowl. Maybe, maybe San Francisco. Mm-hmm. You know, they got Jimmy Garoppolo out there, and he's his own issue. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's it's going to be real tough, man. And that's the problem when you give these guys these huge contracts if you're not 100% sure because then it can come back to bite you, and that's what's going on right now in Philly. Another thing that came down during our show in the first segment, Greg Williams gets fired at, in <laughs> New York. So I, I know you're Let's watching. Let's go, baby. Could you see that play developing as the Jets like come with pressure and then Henry Ruggs, David Carr hooks up with him for a touchdown, basically with no time left on the clock. I mean, there was five seconds, I think, when, when the touchdown happened and, and they took that lead on the Jets. Yeah, it was uh it was unbelievable because it happened the play before as well. Except for it wasn't it was a soft it was a soft zone coverage on the play before and uh Aguilar got behind uh the safeties and, and Derek Carr just missed them. But uh on the next play, you know, they bring that blitz and and the thing about the Jets and Greg Williams, man, they got burned by the Patriots earlier in the season, and they were playing a, a zone, and they weren't playing back. And so, uh, and this is how I am, and I know that it's not necessarily 100% correct football thoughts, but I always kind of get frustrated when a team sits back and plays way off right. and, and then allows a team to kind of, you know, start chucking the ball down the field. But, I mean, on that play, you gotta you got to play all the way back and just make sure they stay out of the end zone. Uh, so I, I kind of understand where he went with that, that uh, why he was doing that, but that was a, a bad way of setting that his young man up for failure. Yeah, but if you see a receiver get open on the play before, why would you go back to a similar situation with the game on the line? That makes no sense. No, it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense at all. And, you know, it's, it's Greg Williams being Greg Williams. He's been known to do this before. He's done that before in uh, other stops he's had in his, in his long career as a defensive coordinator. And I think he's a good coordinator. I just think that he – gets, um, I don't know, ahead of himself at times and makes some terrible decisions, and that was clearly one. You don't put a guy who runs a four two forty on, you know, and have a guy who defended him who was an undrafted free agent, mm-hmm. you know, who's a rookie, and uh, and then you tell him to play cover zero. And when they say cover zero, they, you know, and, and look, a lot of it's on Adam Gase too. When he hears cover zero in the, in the headset, at some point you call timeout, you say mm-hmm. hell no, you overrule it. I mean, it was a collective let down so the, the Jets just think and I'm happy they did because boy oh boy I'll tell you what it's been embarrassing today coming in talking about the only team to give a, a, a loss or a win to the Jets would be the Raiders so I'm sure Pepe and Leon would have had a lot to say about that <laughs> so I'm very thankful for Greg Williams today well I'm sure they'll find something to chime in on unless they roughness what, <laughs> right. what do we have coming up over the next couple hours well Ward's been putting together a master list full of uh, great guests for us today so right. uh, yeah Ward's been really working his uh, Rolodex on his phone so at 1230 man we're gonna have Spencer Tillman from Fox Sports. He was a color analyst on that uh, Oklahoma-Baylor game. Uh, he's going to just give us uh, his thoughts on what he saw from Baylor and another really strong defensive performance. And, well, the offense was a no-go. You know, the run game, no-go. Offensive line, terrible. I mean, the, just the offense is, is, is really bad. So uh, we'll talk to Spencer Tillman uh, about all things that game, OU and uh, and Baylor. And then also get his thoughts on OU as they're you know now headed to the, the Big 12 championship game to face Iowa State. So that's coming up at 1230. Uh, at one thirty, Mart head football coach Kevin Hoffman. I don't know if you guys heard, but Mark scored again. <laughs> they got it done. That's kind of what they do. He was kind of nervous. He was nervous, you, but he, he found a way. Said he was. Uh, he was. He was hoping that we were going to be talking again this week. Well, guess what, Coach? We're talking this week, so we'll be talking to Mart head coach uh, Kevin Hoffman at one thirty. And I put out a flyer to Zach Barnett for FootballScoop.com. Haven't heard back from him yet to talk a little Big Twelve football. If not at two p.m., if we don't talk to Zach at two, we'll just talk some Big Twelve football at two o'clock. And plus, Coach Aranda had his teleconference. Got some audio from that. Uh, got some Lady Bear audio that was really really dope. They put out a uh, 
a great piece uh, over the weekend of Didi and, and Moon Urson and what happened and documented Didi's uh, whole like road to recovery. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know. I mean, guys, I sent it to you guys, but I didn't know it was that extensive. Watching that put things into a whole different perspective. Todd, you ain't lying. I mean, just the struggles uh, of her on that walker, man. It was just in the legs. If you haven't seen it, you you have to go watch that. Right. So at at 2.30, I plan on playing the audio from it. And the audio doesn't do it any justice as far as the video goes. But you can get an idea. Mm -hmm. So I think that it'll be really good to hear. And and like Garrett said, if you have not seen it yet, definitely go to uh, Baylor Baylor Lady Bears, uh, their their, uh, Twitter page. And uh, and look for it, man. It is it is awesome and it's inspiring and it's just it's some really good stuff. Yeah, incredible story and just amazing that she's playing basketball right now. Yeah, yeah. thirty eight <laughs> days later, hey, yeah. I'm just gonna get back on the court like it's nothing. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's amazing and credit to her and Alex Olson and yeah the whole staff there at Baylor for working hard with her to get her back on the field. So it should be fun on UNR. Uh, yeah, you mentioned it's some high school notes. Uh, Mart, Franklin, and Crawford all moving on to the state semifinals. Mm-hmm. So got some good high school football coming up later this week. Um, we talked a lot of college football today. We appreciate you joining in. Tomorrow we'll do more of the same. If we're not sent back to the bench, this is ESPN Central Texas.